0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is mariwa Gawaza, and for today we get into uh, what I hope is going to be a great discussion um, around uh, media buying. We're actually going to find out what is that um, exactly and what is its place, um, you know, in the ecosystem, because it's something that, uh, you know, many of us encounter, um, you know, when you see, you know, when you see certain content, um you know reaching you whether uh, in the various uh, you know in the various channels and mediums that are out there Print, television, radio, um, you know, when the content does arrive at you, there are deals uh, that have uh, been struck behind the scenes. And we're going to be getting an understanding of, uh, you know, what's happening uh, behind the scenes and some of the players uh, that are making those things happen uh, behind the scenes. And one such person is Mfundo Tsibande, who is uh, the managing director over at AMA. And uh, he's going to be shedding some light, um, you know, for us uh, around this this, uh, you know, very fascinating topic. Mufundo, greetings to you today.
1: Good afternoon, good afternoon, sir.
0: I think uh, a good place for us to start is maybe getting a sense of, uh, you know, before we touch on media buying itself, is uh, your organization as AMA, uh, maybe giving us uh, some, uh, you know, a high-level understanding of what it is that you guys do.
1: Uh, Thank you, Mr. Gavaza, and thank you for the opportunity. Uh, AMA is a full-service agency. By that, I mean we are a large agency. Uh, Our focus is in the media buying space. We're 100% Black-owned, and essentially what do we do is that on behalf of clients, we secure, negotiate for media placements uh, in media platforms, billboards, TV, radio, etc., so we're the middleman that goes to the media owners and we negotiate all these deals to get the best deal for the clients. Uh the most important thing that every other client wants is uh reach, meaning their brands to be seen at the right places by the right target market and retention, you know, making sure that they keep those customers. So the advertising world pretty much is a, a seller and a buyer at the end of the day. And we the middleman that ensures that the buyer Yes, to see the product in the right media spaces.
0: Just to make things clear, um, if I see a full page uh, ad in a newspaper, um, you know, whether it's uh, macro, pick and pay, uh, Black Friday, whatever it is that's being advertised, um, or I'm listening to a certain advert on radio or watching it on TV, Um, Can I confirm you are the guys that would have gone and struck the deals between the guys that are making the ads what the businesses themselves or organizations that want to get that message out, um, you know, versus the actual platforms through which we as consumers actually end up seeing, um, you know, some of that advertising on?
1: 100% spot on. So in the value chain, we get involved mostly in the beginning. Uh, Based on the client's brief of what they are trying to do, but there would have been a creative element. So, the ads that you see, there'll be a, probably another agency or another value chain where it gets created based on what the client is trying to achieve. We then get involved once the material is finalized and is done, we then get involved into placing that piece of artwork, we call it artwork, right? Into the right medium. So, mediums, I mean, it could be on print, it could be on a radio station, etc. What we also do is advise clients, for example, if they want to reach mass markets, how best do they do that? So we get involved into translating scripts, into venec languages, etc., etc., ensuring that there's massive reach. Not every client wants to reach uh, uh, masses. Some clients are very niche, so also those clients. We carefully analyze their business and where their customers are and tailor make media solutions for them to reach that customer. So it's, it's, it's very much an art of planning ahead. Uh, it's very much a, a, a art of engaging with the consumer. So when you pick up that paper that Sunday, that, that Monday, an ad would have been placed, but that ad was probably booked a month before, a week before, sometimes even six months before. But the day you see it, uh, is the day that ad or that campaign is running live. So there's a lot of planning ahead. There's a lot of um, insights that that are needed to get into the mind of the consumers about which media they consume, why they consume that, and are they the right target market for a particular brand or a particular campaign.
0: It certainly sounds like, uh, you know, quite an interesting business because, you know, one can imagine from the description that you've just given that you guys um, can get involved, you know, right at the beginning, the planning stages to say, you guys want to do a campaign. Let us help you to actually come up with the content plan, who you're going to do it for. And then we'll get it out to the mass uh, media. But also at the same time, uh, for those that already have content, you know, having that content, um, you know, placed, you know, onto the various uh, what you call this, onto the various mediums, and I think that, you know, that piece um lends itself to a curiosity that I'm pretty sure that um others might have because I guess in certain cases, you know, we have our perception on the outside of uh, how things are happening, you know, on the ground versus the reality that you can describe for us. Because in certain cases, people will be thinking, because if I, I'm going to use newspapers, because I think that's what a lot of people encounter on a daily basis. If I open and I see pick and pay checkers, woolies, or whatever it is, you know, as a full-page spread or whatever it is in a newspaper, I'm thinking that Woolies uh, or Pick and Pay, Macro Game or whatever, have literally gone to the publications and said, "This is what we're doing. Please, can you run this? Here's the money. Make it happen." Uh, but you are describing a different type of, um, you know, arrangement. So maybe, what is the split? Is there a split? Does everything always flow? You know, through. Um, agencies such as yourselves, you know, versus companies that literally just say, we'll just handle everything on our own?
1: Uh, good question. The fact of the reality is that it's it's a split. I would say about 70% is done through agencies, 30% is done through direct clients. So a client would be in touch with the publication uh, let's let's talk a small business. Let's make an example of a small business that is based in a township, Alexandra or, or Soweto. And if and there is a community newspaper that runs for that uh, uh, community, that small business can contact the newspaper directly or the radio station directly and say, I want to advertise my new supermarket that is open in the corner of Wat Street in Villagazi or in in whatever township, and so that relationship is also there. There's pretty much a, a direct contact between clients and um, and media owners. The only difference, I think, where the agent comes in, it comes with the insights, the research, the knowledge, the know-how, and also the negotiation skills. We call it bargaining. So I can get clients if it, if it, if it, if the supermarket owner only has a thousand rand to advertise and they've already done the audio or the artwork, I can get that client possibly a value of 1.5 instead of 1,000 rand for that ad. So we call it value. So the media owner would give me a discount, and then I'm getting more for that client. So instead of one insertion, it could be one and a half, for example. Or instead of one insertion, it could be two insertions in two different um, uh, terms. So that's where we come in, is the, the negotiation for with the media owner and the client, but you're right. Clients do go directly to to media owners, but the the, the level of getting the discount is not the same because we as <laughs> agent, as, as agencies, because that's where we make our commission. Uh, to get that discount for for the client, you know, a client will not enjoy possibly what the same discount I can offer them.
0: Okay, cool. I think that gives us, you know, quite a, quite a good picture of what's actually happening, uh, behind the scenes. And hopefully, um, you know, someone who's listening to this conversation has a better understanding of how when they open the newspaper, when they listen to the radio, watch TV, um, you know, those adverts actually arrive. You know ear yeah, to 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 the attention um so when it comes to that, I think you had already started talking a little bit about it um because I can imagine that the thirty percent that you mentioned just now because you said there's a split, you know possibly uh because uh, I'm sure um you know it's a it's a rough idea of what's going on out there the seventy thirty split. Um, I can imagine that negotiating some of the terms that you are now talking about, the discounts that a player like yourself is able to get, if you're if you're the business and you decide to do it directly, I'm sure it helps. If you're a large business, you know, and you have more bargaining power, and uh, you know, uh, an agency such as yourself probably works, you know, very well when you're trying to pull, you know, all of those, uh, you know, different resources campaigns. How are small businesses doing it? Right. And the reason I'm bringing that up is because you're talking about, uh, the small businesses just now, uh, because I'm like, okay, cool. If I am a small business and I want that attention, you know, at one of the bigger, you know, outside of the community publication, outside of the community radio station, um, you know, can I realistically go to that, you know, media organization or you know, is it just best to say, okay, cool. I'm just going to get an agency involved because the reality of the matter is as a small business, you're thinking about how your money is going to be chopped, <laughs> right? Am I, am I, am I going to, you know, um, am I going to risk the fee of the, of the, what you call this of an agency, uh, that gets me the value or am I going to take the risk of trying to negotiate this thing on my own?
1: Look, I think the <clears throat> there's there's many instances actually um, where media owners uh, allow for a direct client to come through the door and and take them through the process and the booking gets done, etc. The ads gets flighted. The the challenge that the direct client faces versus coming through a media agency is that they need a credit. So they need to open a credit facility with that media owner. So if I'm buying a business day, business day will require me to, it's almost like you're opening an account, right? But the account must show that you have the financial muscle for me to pay for the ad once flighted. Now, if I'm a small business guy, it means my cash flow must allow me every time I book to pay where the media owner will give me a credit line. Now, a big player like an agency already has a credit line. So the, the, the business owner doesn't have the, the struggles or the, the stress of, of raising money now and paying for the ad now is a guarantee because he's a small player. You know, an agency almost like cushions you, almost like bankrolls you for the campaign so that it goes live. And then after that, the payment will made. So there's also almost like a um, finance and tech behind the scenes that also happens in terms of the bookings and when it goes on air and credit facilities being open. Sometimes the documentation that certain media owners, certain organizations require a lot of things to ensure that that client will be able to pay. Because remember, how they make their money is through the revenue of advertising. So advertising is a big, big thing. For media owners because that's how they make their money back and it also allows them to invest more into their content or into the platforms that they are in so guaranteeing that they're going to get the money is the utmost importance for them and uh, seeing that spend coming through their door but most importantly a direct client can go straight to a bigger organization providedly they do have such a financial muscle for them to bankroll that campaign or that that uh, advertising.
0: Okay, I think I think I I have a uh, you know much full understanding because I I think once again on the outside we as uh, you know Today, I feel like I'm representing the consumer. <laughs> and uh, I feel like as consumers, we don't fully, you know, understand what's going on behind the scenes and what it actually takes. You just see the ad, you just consume the yeah. ad, not knowing that there's, you know, this, is, that there's all this infrastructure, um, you know, that is, uh, behind the scenes. I want to explore the other side of that coin, uh, because we just spoke about small businesses and their dynamics. But before that, you mentioned something just now, just how important advertising is for media owners. Do we have an idea of how big advertising is in the space in South Africa?
1: Well, as of last year, I'm talking about fees from last year. Uh, our business, our industry, is valued at 44 billion rands, and uh, that is the spend that comes through blue chip companies, and it goes, it flows right through to media owners and et cetera, to the value chain. So we're sitting in about 44 billion rand, and out of that 44 billion rand, um, black media owners specifically are not seeing even 50% of that money. You know, it goes through to other established media owners that have been in the game and also the agencies that are in the space that make sure that the booking goes to the business days, the it and are largely owned by international affiliates, you know so they are not rooted hundred percent in South Africa. Why is that is because the space the the entry to the space is quite expensive, like I mentioned before, you need to be financially um fit as a, as an agency for you to be able to represent a client and manage to get those discounts and buy you know have a credit line so we see also a shift in the sense that most of the black owned agencies in the in our space but there's quite a lot of them and they're quite doing very very well but when it comes to the media buying space there's not a lot of black owned agencies that have been around or that have a, a facility that they can buy for 5 billion rand worth of advertising so that's another gap that we need to fix and also the fact that is our advertising represents a representation of who we are as a country. Now I'm talking from the storylines that we get sold from brands. So this is not just only the focus on the media buying side. I think what we're trying to do is look at the whole landscape and look at the ecosystem and say, hang on, something is not right here. 44 billion rand worth of business goes through international agencies, which means the money doesn't stay in the country and then goes and as uh, supports or rather uh, is, is channeled through established, very established uh, organizations that have been around, which leave the smaller players scrambling for cramps, for literally, you know, because if you don't even get 10% of that 44 billion as an industry, uh, as South Africans, rather agencies, it's, it's a real big problem.
0: Very curious. You know to then understand uh because you know just from a dynamics point of view, it sounds like uh the small business owners are at a disadvantage on both sides of the what you call this both sides of the coin, though on balance from what you're saying, it sounds like the the black um your your smaller media owners who tend to be your black media owners are at the greater disadvantage because at least a small business has agencies such as yourself that they can go through, you know, and you know, they, they 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 there is a route to market. Right. Whereas I can imagine that part of the problem for some of the smaller and black owned media properties is the fact that um advertisers tend to I don't agree with this because I think they're vanity metrics personally, but they tend to want to go with the most eyeballs, the most ears uh, the most attention is going to be, uh, which is, uh, which is where the, what you call this, which is the bigger platforms, the bigger publications and the like. Am I understanding, you know, that piece of the equation correctly?
1: There, there's that dynamic. There's that dynamic that they'll obviously choose the much more established, uh, where there's more eyeballs. But contrary to that, um, from my previous experience, uh, there's a radio station that has seven million listeners, the biggest in the country, the biggest in Africa, literally. And most is that Ukozi? Uh, Ukozi. <laughs> <Ukose.
0: laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: And uh Ukozi, for example, with seven million listeners, that's now a a minefield for any advertisers to reach even 10% of that market in terms of conversion into business. So whatever line of business you're in, just 10% of that market, that's number one. But because it does not make the revenue that they are to be making, right? In, with those numbers. So there's that dynamic. But why is that so? If, if we go back a bit in history as a country, um, media planners, so the person that plans now, where does this media go? And the the, the the media platforms, et cetera, et cetera, they would plan on what they are exposed to. Right. So if they are exposed to a certain uh, local radio station, uh, certain billboards, a certain publication, they will tend to move that spend to what they know. It's, it's, it's a matter of that. That's what they know. Um, so that's a, that's a human thing. It's, it's, it's not a scientific thing. It's a human thing. Uh, why is that so? It's because of well the history of the country, obviously. Um, so there's a lot of education that needed to be done to change the perception that hang on, a station that has so many people, that means these people have a buying power because we were told that these people are seven million, but they are low LSM, meaning that they can't afford certain products. But we said that's not true. These are the same people that everybody has a cell phone, everybody has at least running water, has a car, etc. So that's another conversation. So the, the problem is is is. It's a big problem for the whole industry, not just on the media buying side only. It also says to us, to change that, we need to have people that now are open-minded to look at other media platforms that exist that the other people were not looking at. And how do we do that? We get data or we literally put together to say, hang on, instead of putting a billboard on the M1, did you know that you can actually put the same product or the same brand uh, in Soweto because there is a billboard in Villagasa Street or in Guatemala or et cetera, wherever in the country. So that teaching, back to your question to say, it's not just the eyeballs that that, that makes the others to be disadvantaged. It's also, I would say, knowledge. It's also knowing that there are other media owners that exist that covers those markets across the country in the rural areas, et cetera. That have these products that you find on the M1, or you find in Centen, or you find in Rosebank.
0: I like the fact that you you literally went uh, and challenged what would be the common thinking by using what is possibly the biggest radio station in South Africa and the continent to explain the fact that it's not always um, the 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 number of uh, eyeballs or listeners. You know, that goes, you know, into where the money is actually going to go. I think that's a really good way to challenge our, our common notion around how, you know, some of these things actually happen. So now the question, you know, maybe as we're rounding up the discussion, um, fundo is, you know, what is the fix? You know, and in what is the fix? Are there things that are happening, you know, in the industry to capacitate some of the smaller media owners, black media owners, and the like, you know, to fix, you know, the gap that you that we've sort of spent this half hour sort of building to and trying to get to a place of understanding about.
1: So we we've done exactly that. We've came up with the solution because we, I mean, as an industry, like I've, I've been telling you, different scenarios that have happened. So we've recently launched a portal. Basically, what we're doing is that we are getting all the black media owners right, and getting them into a database. This database creates now you have a list of black media owners across the country. The inventory they have, inventory meaning the platforms that they have. So you have a table that has wall murals, four or five houses in Soweto, for example. Um it's got wall murals you will have a tabang that will have a billboard you will have somebody that will have transit like a taxi or etc cetera, etc cetera. we've made a call to action for black media owners to come to this database and register their inventory and then what do we do from the ams side right? is that we'll issue a brief and now a brief is almost like a a tender or a job to say Listen, we want to place ads in taxis, in wall murals, in billboards, but these are the market we're looking for. This is the target audience. We're looking for young, hit people, et Do you Do you meet that criteria with your media uh, platform? If you say yes, then we get into a negotiation to say, okay, fine, that we've got a campaign and want to place a shoe brand in these areas. There you go. And then we empower them through that way. So we basically bring the business to them to say, here's business, please give us the best rates or give us the, your insights because you, you know the, the target market better than you uh, we do. Give us the insights about that and then we're and then voila, we give them the business. So in that way, we empower them by us literally coming to them every time we have a piece of job opportunity to say, here's a brief. Can you answer it, and can you meet the criteria? And if they do, we give them business.
0: A couple of years ago, on this platform, we had um, we had a company. They are called Kula, and uh, they are into agriculture. And one of the most innovative things about what they were doing is that they were they were pooling small scale farmers onto one platform just so that they could give them route to market when it comes to getting their produce into the bigger, um you know, into the bigger value chains in South Africa. You know, if you're a farmer, you want to be in pick and pay and Woolies and checkers. Uh, but for the small farmer who's sitting in the Eastern Cape, it's very hard to find, you know, your route by yourself there. But the pooling of the resources, you know, uh, has been a platform. Uh, that has worked, you know, very well in that sector. So it's very interesting to to hear the fact that you guys have taken a similar approach, you know, when it uh, when it comes to that that ability to pull, um, you know, those uh, those resources just so that you can give people an opportunity for their uh, properties, you know, to be seen and to have some of them, you know. Um, Advertisers out there actually know that there are all of these other opportunities that are available for people to get uh, their imaging, their branding, and their messages, you know, out there. You know, so you know, really interesting from that point of view. On a last point, um, Fundo, from our side, because we now understand the value chain, um, you know, the dynamics in the value chain, um, we keep hearing quite a bit about what digital has done to traditional advertising uh, i think it was wits journalism that did some research which was published in 2019 or 2020 saying that around 60% of advertising in south africa at the time was now going towards the google's the facebook's of this world does the media buying um model you know that you've that we've spent today discussing is that applicable? Is that happening on the Google slash Facebook side? Or is there something different that's happening there? And the reason I ask the question is because you have, um, you know, a, a lot of your smaller businesses, for example, that are choosing to go that route. Um, because it's perceived to be more accessible than trying to go, you know, the more traditional route.
1: Interesting point, you raised that. Um, <clears throat> I think we've been having, as an industry, having this conversation for the past uh, seven, eight years. And we've seen that shift happening in other markets. Uh, The U.S. industry, marketing, uh, advertising industry, they're probably the first ones to be bold enough advertisers moving their spend into digital platforms. In South Africa, there's been an uptake into digital platforms. However, South Africa is a very different market. uh, digital transformation is not moving as fast and as fast as, as, as we think it is. You know, it's not everybody everywhere else that has internet connection. That's the first point. And the second thing is w- we still have uh, audiences that rely on traditional media. So people still watch their generation at eight o'clock. You know, people still watch Uzalo. People still listen to a certain radio show. People still want to see that hard newspaper, you know, and um, so so for us as a country, yes, there is a shift. There's definitely an uptake into digital platforms, uh, but also I've seen quite a lot of innovation and from media owners as well that have created their own digital platforms where you can literally read the whole Sunday newspaper online and through that make you know sell digital ad space through that and and. And now we not only using Facebook and Google, so there's been a lot of innovation from media owners also to come up and play in this field. The the argument about the Facebook, Google, etc. Yes, the money is going towards that direction, and largely because also you know you look at the social media platforms that are popular, you want to go with where the people are, and it's also cheaper than buying a thirty second ad at a national. Uh, TV station. Um, so there's also the cost factor to it to say, look, digital, you can, you get more for your buck. Uh, traditional, in South Africa, radio is still king. TV, appointment viewing is still king. If there's a match between pirates and and, and chiefs, that match is going to sell from an advertising point of view, you know? If there's a soapie that is doing so well, the wife, whatever you name it, people are going to watch it, even if it's on catch-up, uh, but there's going to be an ad there. So we still very much, uh, as an audience, still consume a lot of so-called traditional media, you know, media that we've known, um, although there is a shift in terms of even that media losing audiences to live uh, streaming platforms and, and digital platforms as well. So it's, it's a pretty interesting space that we're in, I think, as, a, as, as consumers, as, as, you know, as brand people, as, as, as a country.
0: And it's most certainly, you know, an interesting space that we'll continue to watch, um, you know, over time as it does evolve. So that's been it. We were having, you know, quite a fascinating discussion about uh, the media buying landscape, um, you know, in South Africa. How does, you know, advertising actually end up, um, you know, being consumed by those that are consuming it? Um, how do we see the ads? How do we hear the ads? How do we read, um, you know, some of those print ads? And one of the things that I really Like about uh, the way that Mfundo explained the value chain is to say that, you know, despite, um, you know, whatever global views, statistics, and trends that we see out there, uh, we always have to um, take South Africa within the context of South Africa to say that um, there are a lot of dynamics. You know that are at play, whether they be socio economic um you know whether they be just the structure of the economy uh the fact for example that uh, many people still rely on what's considered to be your traditional advertising is you know one of those uh one of those factors uh the fact that despite all the promise of technology that has been preached um out in the world. That there's still uh, many South Africans to whom technology is not accessible, um, and all of that is uh, feeding into um, how uh, advertising is, um, you know, going out and actually being bought and sold, and then at the beginning, of course, talking about, um, you know, some of the dynamics that are at play uh, for black businesses, both uh, on the side of uh, those that want to advertise and those uh, that are receiving the advertising in the form of uh, the media owners it's a space that we're definitely going to continue to watch i think the next conversation that i'm keen to have with Mufundo on this platform um he mentioned the value at the he mentioned the concept at the beginning of value you know and i think that's one conversation i definitely want to have how do we how is this thing quantified? I'm very, you know, and I'm sure that's a whole conversation, um, you know, on its own. So we've really enjoyed uh, having you here. We were uh, talking to the Managing Director of AMA, uh, that is Mfundo um, uh, Tibandem Fundo. thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Thank you so much, Gavaza. Thank you so much. Huh? Really appreciate it. This
0: is
1: Mudiwa's Take.
0: Great chatting to Mfundo about uh, the world of uh, media buying, and uh, going forward, it will be interesting to see how the space does develop uh, for the smaller for the smaller media owners and the black media owners uh, because it is a big pie. We heard forty four billion rand um, annually that uh, you know that's how big this market is, um, and you know the fact that you have um, that that chunk of people not being able to capture. You know, a good size of the market, you know, really means that um, some transformation needs to happen or at least a new way of thinking, implementing and executing on strategies does need to happen, um, you know, on that end. Digital going forward, it has done a lot, uh, you know, to disrupt the space. And, um, you know, the way that um, this media buying industry, uh, I guess, adapts and evolves, because it sounds from what Mfundo's saying, like there has been a lot of um, evolution that's happened over time. But, you know, I think the digital platforms, um, you know, could do quite well, you know, for the small players on both sides of the equation uh, the media owners as well as the small businesses. Uh, that are looking to get the word out there about uh, their operations and their offerings. So um, how the space uh, does develop over time, you know, will be important. And also just the education of understanding um, how that um, particular value chain um, actually works. And because I'm a, you know, I'm I'm quite a nerd and a geek Um, data. I think that's probably another conversation. I think Mfundo hinted hinted at it earlier on, you know, because I think that's going to be one of those tools from a technology point of view that really helps people, you know, to understand audiences, know how much to spend, and to get that return. And obviously, uh, when it comes to returns, we definitely need to get that conversation again with Mfundo, trying to understand exactly, you know, what we mean uh, by value in the world of